Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 3 p.m. We've made it to Friday. Happy Friday. It's going to be a long weekend today as well for everyone in the U.S. So extra, extra happy Friday for everyone in the U.S. And anyone else who has Monday off, just regular happy Friday for everyone else out there. And uh, it's time for another live stream, 3 p.m., New Vienna, Iowa. Hope you guys are doing well today. It is an absolutely beautiful day here. Uh, a little bit windy again, but it was uh, actually very cold on my run this morning. Temperatures were in the 40s. Fortunately, there wasn't any wind, but I was really cold the entire time. Uh, yeah, did not did not feel very good, uh, at least t temperature-wise. Um, I got back from my run and I started doing my uh, like exercises, my like leg strength exercises out by the garage, where I've been doing them, and I've been doing them barefoot. Uh, just cause usually I'm like super sweaty. I take my shoes off. I take my socks off, but I've been doing them, uh, barefoot. And my father-in-law walks out as I'm doing these. He's like, Oh, you're doing some, uh, what is that exercises? I'm like, yeah, something like that. And, uh, he's like, how was the run? I was like, it was cold. He goes, don't you wear gloves when it gets this cold out to run? I'm like, uh, yeah, normally. But when we came out here, it was June. So I don't have gloves with me. So he's like, Oh yeah, suppose you don't. Ah. <sighs> But that was today. Now it's warmed up quite a bit, and it's very, very pleasant outside. It's balmy. Very nice. Um, but, yeah, how are you guys doing today? Uh, let's see who we got here. We got Chris Dyke, Mars Me, Daniel M. Martha's here. Chris Yao's here as well. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Rain Runner's here. Tony Macias, Recycle on Wednesdays. Daniel M. Talking about pizza. You know, t today, we got so off the rails yesterday. Not, not that there are rails. Uh, to stay on for this live stream because we'll just kind of talk about whatever but we got kind of really uh, you know it, we let the conversation go wherever it went yesterday I was gonna I was gonna try to vow not to talk about food or poop all day today but then I felt like as soon as I mentioned that then it would inevitably go that way so um, yeah we're talking about pizza that's cool it's Friday pizza and Friday go together for for uh, you know as far as I'm concerned so there's that I thought that um, I was going to have a beer today in the afternoon, but I ended up I'm drinking coffee because I'm, I'm just really tired. Is anyone else really tired today? I feel like it's been a really long week. Ah, in his Dunbar series, he says, hi, Kavuzi and everyone. Stevie76 is here as well. Sean Marshall says, hey, hey, hey. Marsby says, well, Kavuzi's late. I'm not. I wasn't late. I was here exactly at 3 o'clock today. At least I think I was. You might have got me like right. I mean, like, it's not like it automatically turns on at 3 o'clock. I have to push a button to make it turn on, which I, I think is good because otherwise you'd see me, like, frantically trying to get ready sometime. But, yeah, but a little bit. I mean, I wasn't here at 3 o'clock on the dot, but I think I was still within three, 3 and 0 minutes, so I feel like that's still on time. J. Mike Remy's here. He's giving us a wave. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> Stevie 76 says, rails, where we're going, we don't need any rails. That's all amazing. I love it. Rainrunner agrees with me, though, says, I am tired. Thank you for the backup on that one. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Matt A52 says, hey, all, happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Um, oh, yeah. Daniel says, I may have been unobservant, but all those bracelets on the wrist, new. Uh, yeah, they're new. Uh, my daughter, uh, one of her favorite crafts to do is, like, these are, like, rubber band things. And she likes to make these. But um, very much like me, she can't just do things uh, a lot of times and enjoy them. 
uh if she does it she has to do like mass produce it so like when we bought her like these little rubber bands that she can make into bracelets we didn't just buy like a set for her to make a bracelet we had to buy like the 18 color mega wheel and it's like this giant bin of all these different colors of rubber bands and so when she sits down to make one she'll make 10. Uh, she also loves origami and uh, we buy her like 500 like 500 sheets at a time and so every time she learns how to make something, she just doesn't make one crane. She'll make 20 cranes. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with that many paper cranes or this many bracelets. But, you know, I wear them for as long as I can remember, um, you know, and then I lose them. One of the things she's done is she, I don't have it on this cup now, but my mother-in-law has a whole bunch of other coffee cups that all look the same till they're part of a set. And... Um, we typically in this in this house end up accidentally drinking like each other's coffee a lot and like the only real real way we'll know is like you'll go to drink and you'll be like oh this one is really cold this is not my coffee because sometimes depending on when you, you poured your cup you know it might be cool, colder than others so she made little rubber band things to go around the cup so that we can know like which one is which so like little like wine charms but with coffee cups so that's what she's been making too so that's what they are uh, my mom's here hi mom how are you uh, Chris McLean, Mr. Random, good to see everybody. Uh, Terrence Huey says, Kofu is a random question. Since you mentioned kimchi yesterday, did you teach your da daughters to use chopsticks? Uh, we bought the things that you can get, they're the chopsticks with the little, uh, it's like silicone or something like that, and they're shaped, the one we have is like a zoo animal set. So like there's one that looks like an elephant, one that looks like a giraffe and a flamingo. And it keeps the two pieces together and they're like uh, springy. So that way when they squeeze it, it like opens it back up for them. So it kind of keeps it all together. My older daughter, she likes to eat shinamun. So she'll use that, she'll use chopsticks to eat shinamun. My, the baby, she's four. So she's still, and she doesn't like noodles. So, um, I mean, she does, but she doesn't. So, um, so she doesn't know how to use it. But like if they learn how to use them, fine. I, I mean, I think my wife didn't learn how to use how to use chop learn how to use chopsticks until she was like in college. So like I mean it's not like something that like takes forever to learn. I think that like even as an adult people can pick it up relatively quick. So um I'm not that concerned. Like when they're ready they're they'll they'll want to. I mean, with the baby though, like I can hardly get her to eat. So it's like getting her teaching her to like use chopsticks is just like that's you know, that's a battle I'm not willing to pick right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris McLean says, Seth needs a non-elite t-shirt. He has one. He has an orange one. So he, he wore it in a video somewhat recently. Uh, but yeah, he's been a supporter for a really long time. Uh, Mars Me says, my daughter is an ultra crafter. Yeah, she does. She is. Um, and then someone said, uh, let's see, where did that one go? Um... Oh, there was another comment that I wanted to read. Uh, yeah, but it's not there. But anyway, uh, yeah. Corey Villancourt says, Rincon 2 better than the original? I would say yes. I feel like it's much more livable in terms of the forefoot. Like, the forefoot on the Rincon 1 was really tight. Um, and this, the Rincon 2 is just much bigger in the forefoot. It fits correctly now. It fits like a Hoka, I would say. Um... I feel like it's slightly less faster because of that. Cause like when you make a shoe really tight and you make it almost a little bit small, that makes it like any shoe feel instantly a little bit faster. So that's like a cheap trick that people can do. 
um, to make shoes feel a little bit faster. But I feel like they, uh, I don't think that's what they did on the Rincon 1. I think they just tried to make a really fast shoe and then, and then make it really tight. Version 2, they loosened it up a little bit so it's much more comfortable. So I think it's a better shoe. Uh, let's see. Um, and Terrence, who he says, not liking noodles, is that possible? I think it's that uh, she has a very short eating attention span. And so, like, it just takes her too long to eat them. Like, if I feed them to her, she'll eat them. But, like, uh, she's she's kind of obnoxious when she's being fed at the age of four. You know, so she'll just be like, you know, and, like, sit there with her mouth open and, like, demand that you shovel more in, you know. So it's kind of like, you can totally do this on your own. Just eat you know, um, but if I do that, then she gets distracted and she plays and like even with a fork, she like plays with her food quite a bit and she just has the attention span of a four-year-old. So like noodles are just, just, she won't, they're, like she'll eat even less just because it's a little harder for her to get, get down. But yeah, so, um, let's see, what else we got here? Bitmetal37 says, uh, does the baby belong to the only white food club like my kids did? Pasta, potatoes, and bread. Frustrating. Not as much as my daughter did. My daughter would only eat like white foods for the longest time. Um, I mean, she still kind of is in that camp. Like lately, she's been enjoying basically cheesy bread. She When she makes pizza, she says, don't put any sauce on it. Um, which is a change because at the beginning of the summer, she was just like, make it a really light sauce, dad. And so when I would make pizza, I would just kind of like smear, like like stain the dough with a little bit of red tomato sauce. And now she's just like, don't put any tomato sauce on it. And then her pasta, she only likes it with either just plain or she also likes Pecorino Romano cheese. Um, and uh, yeah, but like for the longest time, she would eat like white bread, don't toast it. She still doesn't really like toasted things. Um, pasta, plain, uh, like pears like white apples, you know, so that we definitely went through a very strong phase of that. Um, when she would eat rice, she wouldn't want anything on it. it would have to be just white rice, you know, things like that. So we've, we've, we've been through that. The baby hasn't been so much like that. She has a little bit more of a tolerance for different foods. But I think that part of it is my older daughter has an incredibly strong sense of smell and therefore I think taste. So I think that like just tastes, it's like she just picks up stuff that I don't. So I think, so I try not to like, you know, hold it against her. I feel, I hope it's a phase and I just kind of roll with it for now. Uh, Steve says, my son says I'm tired when he's too lazy to feed himself. Uh, I mean, maybe it's probably true, you know? Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, Eduardo Malviti says, any advice on a two shoes rotation? Thanks in advance. Uh, yeah, I would say go with, uh, a daily trainer that kind of I would go with a daily trainer and then a faster shoe and for the daily trainer I would pick something kind of in the softer category uh, and then have like a pure like fast shoe for your fast shoe so like for the fast shoe I would look at something like Hyperion Tempo the Endorphin Speed you could use that as a fast shoe and also a race shoe so that's like one of my favorites for this year Boston 9, SL20, <laughs> SL20, uh, that's going to be the word of the day there. So we'll, we'll play the word of the day sound. Um, so those are some of the fast day shoes that I would like. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. It's this one. There's the sound for the SL20. Um, for your 
to pair with any of those shoes, I would look at something like Nova Blast, Ride 13, Clifton 7. Uh, I think those are all really great choices. So those are those are some shoes that I would look at. Uh, I also did really like the Ultra Escalante. So lots of, lots of options. So like just something pretty chill that you could do a lot of easy miles in for the everyday trainer. And for the speed shoe, go for something that's going to be a really firm. But once you're moving quickly, uh, it starting, tends to soften up. So that's what I would that's what I'll look for. Uh, Rambling Dune says, I alternate with a stable uh, shoe and a Nike Infinity Rack for a faster run. That's cool. Interesting. Um, the Infinity Rack does, uh, React is a little bit of a stable shoe as well. So you got kind of two stability shoes in there. That's cool. Ra Rami Mubayed says, what do you think of the Nike Infinity React? I think that it's like Nike's way. I mean, I don't think I'm the only one. That's It's like Nike's way of making a stability shoe um, slash a max cushion shoe. They're kind of combining those two categories into one. And they're using guide rails rather than like stability elements or traditional stability elements for that. So even if you're not a stability shoe person, you can still run in it. But it's got a bunch of Nike React midsole foam in it, and it's a pretty soft shoe. So like other shoes that have React foam, I don't think all React shoes are exactly equal. So like, you know, 24 millimeters of stack height in one React shoe would be might be different than 24 millimeters of stack height in another or 14 or whatever the numbers are and so i like the way that they've done it in the infinity react it's a little bit heavy for me but um if you're trying to put in a lot of miles i do like that shoe quite a bit uh let's see um uh, mapster says hey kofuzi do you find lower to the ground less heel drop shoes to be better for long-term avoidance of injury uh i don't know that i mean um, I don't think that those two things are necessarily the same and you're talking about them kind of like they're the same so like lower to the ground means low stack height and low heel drop means like the the difference between how much cushion is in the forefoot versus how much is in, in, in the back um, so for example like the ultra escalante that I mentioned earlier that is a zero heel drop shoe but it's 24 millimeters of stack height all the way through so for the heel, it's not that much stack height, but in the forefoot, 24 millimeters is a lot, especially for that ultra, ultra ego foam that they're using in that shoe. Um, I have been really liking ultra shoes, and all ultra shoes are zero drop, but I've been liking the lower, the lesser heel drop shoes for whenever kind of like my knee's been acting up. So anytime where I feel like uh, like a higher mileage week or just any sort of kind of like when my body is feeling a little bit beat up, I do tend to gravitate towards shoes with less heel drop whenever i'm pounding the roads a lot i'm looking for shoes with more cushion so i would say kind of to answer your question yes and no so like i think that high higher stack height but lower heel drop to me would like it be something not i wouldn't say running them every day reduces the risk of injury I would say that when I feel like I'm at those points where, like, you know, my body might be vulnerable to uh, an overuse injury, those are the kinds of shoes I'm looking for. So I'm kind of yes and no, I think, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, let's see. Chris Yao says, I could live with a rotation of New Balance 1080 version 10 and endorphin speed. Max cushion for recovery, an easy day, and endorphin for tempo, etc. I'm not fast. Trained enough to need so many distinct categories. I like that. That's a good combo. I like that because the 1080 V10, even though it's a really high stack height shoe, it's pretty bouncy. So, like, you're getting a lot of cushion, but you're still pretty speedy in it. 
And then uh, because it is a little bit taller of a shoe, I think it would pair up well with the Endorphin Speed. Um, yeah, I like that. That's a good combo. That's a better combo than any of the two that I put out, Chris. Good job. Um, yeah. Rain Runner says, I've never had a faster shoe. So think about trying up some tempo, speed work for the first time in my life, basically. I think the Endorphin Speed is the one I'll get. I, I like that one a lot, and it seems to be the one that, like, a, a really wide range of people are able to enjoy. I mean, I think the only other shoe that I think that so such a wide variety of people have been able to enjoy it is, like, the Vaporfly, like, for the 4%. Um, the next percent, I feel like a lot of people didn't, like, love it. As it wasn't as like widely enjoyed, and maybe because by then like the hype had gotten like super super crazy about it, and so and the design was even more weird. So maybe that's why it was a little bit more polarizing. But like I feel like the Vaporfly, four uh, percent, like pretty much everyone could enjoy it, and I feel like the Endorphin Speed is very similar to that. Uh, let's see, Taco Chef says, "Are you running any virtual marathons this year?" Uh, no, I don't, I'm not planning on it. Um, I may run another, uh, like, so like a time trial marathon. I'd like to, I'd like to, I, I mean, we'll see where we are towards the end of the year. I'd like to do another, uh, run along the heritage trail, but I'll probably do a marathon. I mean, I'll either do a marathon or I'll run the whole thing forward and back. So like a hundred K. Um, I'm not sure which way I'll go on that. We'll see how the year takes us, and I mean, if we're even still around here. But if we're, you know, if we're able to go back to Chicago, if like the world goes back to normal, um, we'll still be coming back here for like the holidays. So um, there could be an opportunity to do that later on in the year. So one of those two is what I'd kind of like to do. Um, right now, though, I just signed up for that. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't Taco Chef. I don't think you were here that day. But I mentioned that uh, Trial of Miles, which is, I think, a blog and, um, and an Instagram account. I, uh, yeah, I'm not really exactly sure what Trial of Miles is, but I've, seen, I've been following them on Instagram for a while. I see what they're doing. Um, they reached out to me and were like, hey, we're putting on this thing with Tracksmith. And it's basically like a 5K like, uh, national like, elimination meet, virtual. And so it's like you run a 5K like once every week for four weeks, assuming you, you move on. So I'll be doing a fi another 5K in a couple of weeks, actually in 10 days. <laughs> I, have no I have no preparation for it. So it's basically just like an uh, unprepared for uh, time trial. But we'll, we'll do that. We'll see if I can get out of the first round. I don't, I don't think I will. Um, but, yeah, so that's a 5K time trials are coming up. I'm, I think, though, what I might do, because I've been wanting to train for a faster 5K, is I might still, like, even though I will most certainly get knocked out of the competition in the first round, keep running them. Because I think the first week is a 5K. The second week is, like, an 8K. The third week, I think, is a 10K, something like that. Um, and I think the fourth K might be another back to 5 I don't remember exactly what it was. But I think I might still do the events on kind of, like, the same weeks. Um just to kind of participate and uh, give myself something to, to do that's a little bit shorter um, and requires a little bit more speed work. So we'll, we'll try that out. And then from after that, who knows what, what, what I'll do. Um, yeah. Uh, Summer says, Endorphin Pro or Meta Racer, if you can choose only one, Meta Racer. I, like the, I really like the Meta Racer a lot. 
Uh, I didn't think I would because right now, uh, like most of the world, I'm into like super squishy tall stack height and a carbon fiber plate, uh, a very strong carbon fiber plate, and that's exactly what it is. It's actually too strong a carbon fiber plate because I can't, I don't think I can load it properly. But um, the Meta Racer is like the opposite. It's very firm, low stack height, and a minimal carbon. There's a carbon, there's carbon in it, but I, I, I wouldn't call it a plate. Um, so, but I really like it. I can't run a marathon in it, but I also don't think I can run a marathon in the Endorphin Pro. I could run a half marathon in it. That would be my half marathon shoe. So, yeah. Ross W says, I'm watching, I'm enjoying the Escalante 2.0 after watching Coach Root. Yeah, I'm glad. That's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, I, I really enjoyed the, the Escal Escalante. I don't know that I'll try the 2.5. I think I'd rather either look at other ultra shoes or other like zero drop shoes instead. Um, and then for the 3.0, I'll be back, you know, so. Um, Daniel, I, just, I just want another video where you impersonate Sage Candidate, but I'm not picky. You could do any surface, any distance. <laughs> uh, that was a fun video. And that was the first time I think like, um, I ever did anything and like, uh, like a famous quote unquote YouTuber, like, like responded back. So I was like, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been watching and looking up to Sage as a, as a YouTuber and runner for a long time. Um, yeah. Uh, Eduardo Malviti says, what keeps you motivated? Um, that's a good question. I just enjoy it. It's not a question of like motivation. I mean, I think things that like are, it's interesting to me and it keeps me, I, I just enjoy it. I don't feel like I'm motivated to run. I feel like I want to run. It's kind of like, you know, I, I don't feel motivated to eat pizza once, if not more a week I just do it and really enjoy it and then because there are things that exist like taco pizza and chicken bacon ranch pizza although I don't eat the meat anymore but like because like Happy Joe's has those kinds of weird offerings and it's just a very unique pizza eating experience in this part of the country uh, it makes it very intriguing and fun and uh, exciting and so like that's kind of how I am with the running and I, uh, I guess to be motivated to use that word like Right now, I've hopped into that competition, even though I know I'm going to lose, and I'm going to keep participating, even though I won't be in it. You know, that, so those kinds of things. Like, I, I enjoy the running, and you find different things to, like, jump into. Uh, because, like, oh, hey, that's cool. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, or, you know, like I was saying earlier, I will either run a, a marathon time trial or maybe shoot for a 100K. Um, much more likely that I'll do the marathon time trial. So, um so those are the things like just find events to um, to to train for to get ready for to kind of give the everyday running direction. But I think what happened is I created such a strong habit uh, of the running that I enjoy it and not running it feels weird. And um, yeah, even this morning I was like, I'm really tired. I should just sleep in. My legs feeling a little bit not great. I should really sleep. But then I was like, but then that means I wouldn't run today. And so I decided to run today. It turns out I probably should have rested. I probably should have taken a rest day today. But I am glad that I ran. I like I like it. So that's I think that's it. Um, that's probably not a very satisfying answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 
And as Dunbar says, I like Sage's videos. The ones on running forum that he and Sandy have done are very good. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of those. Raymond says Sage is an interesting guy. I can say that. He sure is. Uh, Randley does say it. You feel guilty, Mike? Uh, I think you're talking about feeling guilty about uh, if I didn't run. I would feel guilty if I didn't run. I would. Um... Chris Bancrecos here. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, Eduardo Malvidi says, thanks for the beautiful answer. Love from Italy. Well, thanks. Um, even if you eat taco pizza. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's, I'm sure, blasphemous for you, Eduardo. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it. And I find a way to, to, to keep doing different things, to explore different nuances of it. And thanks for the question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right, about not running. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would feel guilty. For sure. If I didn't run on a day where I kind of could have run, ran and instead I rested or slept in, I would feel very guilty. Like, uh, you know, it occurred to me over last weekend that, like, um, I feel like, uh, you know, one way that I know that I found something that I really, really enjoy is, like, on a weekend, I'd rather get up early to do the thing I enjoy more than I would want to sleep. Right. So I feel like mo for most people that are out there, like, you know, why the heck would you get up early on a Saturday? Because that's the day you, you get to sleep in. But the way I see it is like, no, Saturday is your day, right? It's your weekend day. You can do whatever you want with it. Why would you sleep? You get to sleep every day, but you might not to get to go like run uh, a really long run on a Saturday or go, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what people do around here. Fishing, hunting, take a boat out on the lake that kind of thing camping um you know so like that's that's what you get up early and go do i mean people do that for golf all the time i hate golf but uh i don't i mean i used to golf i don't like it anymore um i'm not interested in it anymore but like people get up early and do that all the time so i mean i feel like that's how you know you like something um recycle on wednesday said, do you feel guilty if you don't eat pizza i don't feel guilty if i don't eat pizza but you know, I have, I mean, there was one time, I think I've told you guys this before, when, um, when, when I first learned how to make pizza dough, like by hand, my wife and I, I think, ate like 14 meals of pizza in a row. I mean, we're not planning breakfast because like, um, at that point we weren't really eating breakfast, but, uh, you know, I'd make pizza for dinner and there'd be some leftover. So we would have it like for lunch the next day. But like for 14 meals in a row, we had pizza. That was like our record. It was a pretty awesome week. <laughs> uh, and as Dunbar says, I find an exercise or running streak is good for motivation. I always feel better even if it's just 5K I do or half an hour on Zwift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Running streaks are really good. For me, what really helped me to like build the habit of running was like the Strava weekly mileage number. I think that really did motivate me a lot in the beginning. It still motivates me now, but I think it, it motivates me in like a negative way now, so I try not to think about it too much um, because I get anxious about it if uh, the number isn't where I want it to be. So I try not to think about that too much. But in the beginning, it was just like, oh, I better run today because then if I do the math, then today's whatever day, and then Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, I would do the math in my head to figure out like, well, that'll get me to however many X number of miles. And I want to do that. I want to really have that number. So like that Strava really uh, helped like me build a lot of the habits for better or worse, you know. 
Mm. Rambling Dude says, I stopped posting to Strava daily. I wait to end of the week. Oh, that's interesting. See, my, my watch auto-pushes auto it. I guess I could not auto-push it and then just export like a week's worth of data and then upload it at once. That's interesting. Uh, my cow says, what is the best way to tell a family member that it isn't a good idea to go from not running at all to running six miles every day? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I have a feeling that uh, that's a problem that's going to solve itself. Right? Uh, either that person is going to be able to successfully run six miles every day after running not a lot of miles. Um, but I think, or that person is going to get like, you know, really sore after like maybe four days, five days, maybe a week, and then need to take like two or three days off. And then they'll completely be bored with running. All right. So it's a really good way to kill a habit is if you go at it that way. But I think probably the best way to approach it is to be like, oh, that's awesome that you're running all these miles. Like, are you making sure that you're running it at a pace to maintain that kind of longevity? Um, ask them about what they're doing about recovery, staying hydrated, like all that kind of stuff, sleep schedules. So, I mean, try to help them as much as possible. So, yeah. Um, Chris Dyke says, have you seen this new Solomon recyclable running shoe? Yeah, I... I I saw it yesterday. I was in the comments in it already. I think I saw some of you guys in the comments as well there. And it looks awesome. They said it was a nitrogen and carbon dioxide infused foam, right? So basically uh, hyperburst, if I'm, if I'm recalling it correctly. Uh, there's a gas infusion process to the making of the midsole foam, and it's TPU, but it's using TPU. Does that sound right? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit conf uh, hazy on the details. Um, but I love that it's all like these like white sh and shades of white color because it looks exactly like um, a shoe. Like if they made shoes in Westworld, like that's what the shoes would look like. And I'm like obsessed with that idea. And I love the idea that like the shoe is like just you, you slice it in two pieces and then you recycle. You put each piece into different shredders and it recycles. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be like super cool. I, w I really want to try it. Um, Solomon shoes, I, I just think that they don't fit my feet right. Uh, I mean, maybe I need to get a different size, but I always just feel like they don't look like they fit right. But the look of that upper looks different than most of the other Solomon shoes that I've tried. So, uh, I'm, I'm very keen on it. It comes out spring 2021, they said, right? So, I, 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 I would like to be an early tester. I would love to be an early tester. Uh, yeah. Star Marshall says, my dad, a former college runner, says, one day off equals two days to get back to where you were. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I, I mean, I remember, like, in high school, my, my coach, like, uh, during the parts of the season w where we weren't racing on the weekends, uh, would just be like, on Friday, they'd be like, guys, you can't run today and then not run again till Monday. Please run at least once between now and when I see you again. And all the good runners would have, and like me and everyone else, all the normal kids wouldn't. And we'd be like, oh, I really feel it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I like to tell people, like, you know, run today so you can run tomorrow is kind of like my philosophy for a lot of the stuff. 
Um, and so like, you know, think about it from like a multi-day perspective, not just running today. Cause otherwise you can burn yourself out on one day and then, you know, you're out of commission for a couple and it just derails the habit forming process. The important part of running when you're starting out running isn't how fast or how far you're running now. That's like the least important part. The most important part is that you're out running every day and building a habit. So I like the idea that they're trying to run every day that I don't have a problem with that, but is the pace matching their ambition and level of fitness? Um, yeah. Now Frank Lujulier says that white uh, Solomon recycle shoe is a ghost shoe. Yeah, it looks so. It looks so cool. I like it. I don't really like white shoes, but like when they're all white like that, I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, Louis Becerra says kudos to everyone. What's going on, Luis? Awesome. Uh. Let's see. John Marshall says, good distinction there, good runners and normal kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I don't mean to like say that like good runners are in some other sort of categories, although I frequently say that they are. So I guess I am meaning to say that. But that's kind of how I always saw it. Um, yeah. Adi Duanchan says, hey, Kofuzi, curious about your thoughts on the Bondi 7 that released a few days ago. Also, any shows, movies that you've enjoyed recently? Um, yeah, I'm interested in the Bondi 7, considering I feel like I think a lot of the reviewers are disagreeing with me on this one, and that's okay. I frequently get things wrong. But I thought that Clifton 7 kind of inched closer to Bondi territory. I felt like it got more cushioned this year for the Clifton 7. So it's, it'll be interesting where the Bondi 7 went. I thought the Bondi 6 was, 6 was super cushioned, but strangely narrow in the forefoot. And so like for a max cushioned shoe there should be more space in here. And I didn't feel that all the time. Like it wasn't a shoe that I felt like I wanted to put my feet in. Like after, let's say I raced a marathon and it was a colder weather marathon and I needed to put shoes on after the race. The Bondi 7 should be a shoe that I feel like walking around in, right? But I, the Bondi 6 was not a shoe that I would feel like I would want to put my feet into after a race or like when my feet are really beat up. And so I'm interested to see what they do with the Bondi 7 but I also have just a ton of shoes right now. And uh, I'm also trying to run shorter, faster distances. So I don't know if I'll get to the Bondi 7 right away. But, I mean, the year is still young. It's September. So there's plenty of time to get to it. I just don't think I'm going to get to it right away. I don't know why they released the Clifton 7 and the Bondi 7 at the same time. I think they did it last year. Did they do it last year, too? Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't make sense to me. I think they should stagger those releases. But, you know. Um... Uh... Sean Marshall says the Bondi 7 looks stacked, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's it's tall. Um, it's a very tall shoe. It was a tall shoe last year, too. But, I mean, that's its that's its M.O. Rainrunner pre-ordered the Bondi 7, but the men's version, because I couldn't resist the bright red monochrome. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think the design is better this year. Last year, it kind of was like a, it looked like a Frankenstein shoe, not in the sense that it was a Franken shoe of like mixed parts, because usually people say like Franken some suffix to mean like something made of a hodgepodge of parts. It looks like the Frankenstein monster shoe, like Eddie Munster. No, no, Frank Frankenstein. What was on the monster, the, mon the monsters? What was that show? What was the, the dad's name? Uh, like the boots that he would wear. I kind of felt like it had that vibe, especially the triple black version. But this year I feel like, they're trying to make it look like more like a regular shoe. Which I always feel like Hoka has a hard time with it. They're like, 
do we stay Hoka or do we try to like make shoes that people will like the look of? And they're trying to balance like their like idiosyncratic personality, which I love with like, uh, we might be too far out there. People might not be ready for this kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, Sean Marshall said, let's be honest, colors are more than half the battle with shoe choice here. Um, I don't know about more than half the battle, but I think they're really important. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I've been talking a lot about like how I've had some very bad experiences at running retail. Um, I think I need to narrow that down the focus a little bit. I feel like running retail used to employ a lot of runner bros that like, I don't know if they just didn't want to help or they just were like very patronizing by nature because they're fast runners or something but like i remember going to a shoe store and be like this shoe is great does it come in any other colors and they were like you don't choose a shoe by color i'm like i just told you as a customer i would like to choose a shoe by a different color than this one but all right i guess i'll just not buy shoes today that's cool so you know i just think that it's important um i mean in the grand scheme of things i guess it isn't but in a world where i have options it is so, so. Uh, Herman Monster, Jeff Elliott says, yeah, that's it, Herman Monster. Uh, that's right. Leona Wong says, my podiatrist approves of the Bondi shoe. You know, I, I'm really fascinated. I would love to go to like a podiatry conference at some point and just to see, or, or like a chiropractic conference, just to see what people are talking about in terms of running shoes, especially now, because more people than ever are going to be running. I think I'm going to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google like if there's any virtual podiatry conferences and just sign up and go, because like um, one of the guys that I work with, he was having some issues with his arches and he was seeing I don't know if he was seeing a podiatrist I think he was seeing a podiatrist, uh, so he's seeing an MD, and the doctor recommended for him uh, not the glycerin the adrenaline so like the Brooks glycerin but the stability version of that and he was wearing a triple black version of that um you know to to work and i mean he would wear like dress shoes when he needed to work, really needed to wear dress shoes but otherwise he would be in those because it was better for his feet he was also running in them too because he was starting to get in shape and, and uh starting to do some running and he's like yeah my uh my, my doctor recommended these i was like cool awesome and i'm like mm, where is that doctor getting information from like, I wonder, is there like a podiatry today, like journal, that they're like, top 10 shoes that you should be recommending to your patients? Like, that's an article that I think I could write. Maybe I could write it with the help of an MD, so like there's a medical perspective. But I feel like I could write that one. That's why you, you figure out. Um, yeah, but then it's like, are they approving of the Bondi? How are they finding out about the shoes? Because not every podiatrist is a runner. I mean, just because you're a podiatrist doesn't mean you're a runner. Just because you're like maybe like a sports doctor doesn't mean you're into. Sp it means you're probably into sports. But like if you're like a if you if you like if your specialty surgery is like you know knee reconstructive surgeries, um, you're probably into sports at least a little bit. But um, my account says, have you ever checked out Doctors of Running? It's sort of medical. Someone recommended to me that channel to me when I first started talking about like my knee issue and how I was like I wish I could find like a uh telemedicine physical therapist i need to check that out um yeah martha and martha i think is the one that recommended it to me there are three good pts who do reviews of running shoes all runners yeah like i wonder if like they 
like all the doctors are like, you got to watch this channel on YouTube, write it down. And so I'm like, I can imagine like at a conference, there's doctors like, all right, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash, what is it? YouTube.com forward slash, you know, like I, I wonder if it's like that, you know, not really Hank Aaron says doctor don't know squat. Like, yeah, I mean like, you know, I feel like more of us probably have had the experience when our general practitioners have said, oh, you're training for marathons. What distance, you know, like that question. Um, but I also imagine that there are some very, I mean, just like there's uh, some PTs are like specialized in, you know, swimming or multi-sport. Someone could specialize in treating runners, you know, not that there's a medical specialty to that, but their practice ends up specializing in those directions. You know, I wonder, how, you know, how are doctors, general practitioners getting that information? Leona says her podiatrist recommends the following. New Balance 990, 990, 990. I don't even know what that is. The A6 Kayan uh, and the Brooks Ariel. Hmm. I, I'm not familiar with any of those. Wow. Oh, fascinating. Uh, Tony Masia says, I run with Matt Klein, who is one of the doctors of running. Really cool guy. All right. I, I mean, Martha recommended it. Matt Tony is recommending it. And someone else recommended it as well. I mean, I, it behooves me now at this point. I, th I think it's one of those channels that I'm already subscribed to, but I just never end up watching. But I'm going to go, I'll go binge some of this stuff over the weekend. See what they got. Mm. <laughs> 37 says, my podiatrist smells like a pack of cigarettes. I doubt he's a runner. Nice guy, though. <laughs> I mean, as long as he knows feet, right? I mean, he could be whatever he wants. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Steve says, I worry my Kafuzi colorway infinity rack look clunky when I run. Uh, I know I'm vain. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, I feel like when you're running and you're moving, you know, people, you can't see it. It's only when, like, you stop moving that if they're clunky, or if they look clunky, that they would be. But the infinity rack, I don't think is a clunky shoe. It just it has too many curves in it to look clunky, I think. It's a good-looking shoe. Uh, yeah. see chris yeah says the 990 version 5 is stability kion level uh 5 13.6 ounce, 13.6 ounces wow and 175 dollars that's a bizarre shoe wow that is really confusing i'll i'll have to look at oh but i thought all 90 versions of shoes were stability right um so like no, wait. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to remember what the numbers mean. I'm all. I'm all screwed up. I don't know. New Balance's numbering system. It's it's a numbering system. It should be the most clearest of all to remember and figure out what the shoes are. But I just can never get it. Uh, Joaquin Lewis says, anyone else had ever had issues with foot pain from the fly wire cables in the Pegasus? They feel great on foot, but as soon as I start running them, they hurt as hell. Well, I would try to loosen them up a little bit more. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that you've already tried that. Um, but I, I've not really had too much, um, pain from, from them, from that part. So I don't know. See if you can get it loosened up or really get it loosened up from the bottom of the, the lacing system all the way up and then, and then tighten it down just a little bit. I would try tightening them as little as possible, like make it feel kind of almost too loose and then run it in that way and see if that works. And then from there, you can kind of like tweak it and cinch it down further and further. 
Sean Marshall says, you got to stare at something during the cigarette breaks, I suppose. Can you imagine if like at the podiatrist's office, like outside, I mean, I've never, I mean, I'm not a doctor and I've never, I've, I've worked with doctors before when I used to work in a lab, but, um, and some of them did smoke, but, um, can you imagine like, you know how like a doctor's office has like magazines all in the lobby while you wait? If like the area outside where the doctors smoke have a whole bunch of like runner's world, like just sitting around you know, that people can thump through as they're smoking, that'd be like really weird and surreal. And then someone was saying that, um, uh, let's see, where'd it go? About, uh, the Barkley marathons. Um, someone's saying that like they really like that the Barkley marathons start with a cigarette. Oh yeah. Mark Rainey says, I love that a cigarette starts at Barkley. Cracks me up. I think it's so weird. Like, I don't, there's so much about that event that doesn't make any sense. And the fact that it's like a beloved event is really weird. Uh, it's called a marathon. It's not a marathon distance. Uh, the dude that runs it, it doesn't run or seem to enjoy running. And it's more of like a geocache contest than it is a running race, right? So, I mean, but it's still considered like, you know, one of the most uh, difficult running races. Like the fact that it's in still a running race is kind of weird. I mean, I know there's a lot of running is a huge part of it, obviously, but it's just a, such a bizarre event. Uh, Steven Gersdorf says, many people will think they need stability when they don't. I will agree with you on that one. I've been thinking that for a long time. I was thinking that ever since my first stability shoes that were recommended for me by a running shoe store that ended up just jacking up my other knee that's been giving, than the one that's giving me problems now. But yeah. Uh, Martha says, Kofuzi, update on the Saucony knee correlation or lack thereof now that you've run in some again. Uh, yeah, Martha, I, I, I responded to your comment because you asked me about it the other day. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see that. But, yeah, I think that there is. In my mind, I mean, I don't know if I could, like, definitively say it. But there's enough for me to know that, like, I ran in Saucony shoes twice this week uh, or three times. So I ran in the shift. Then I took a day off. Then I rode in the ride and then the shift. So, like, three times in four days. And, like, for the next two days, I think I'm on day three my knee's still bothering me and for a while it just was it felt good enough that i could ride run in the in the endorphin shift and i thought well i'll feel fine so let's run in the saucony uh ride 13 and then by the end of that run i was like Oof, starting to feel it and i was like well, i'll just give the shift one more try and then by the like half like through the one i was like yeah my knee definitely hurts so I think it's there. And again, I don't think it's necessarily like the Saucony shoes are hurting. I just think that they're doing something that is like really like with very precise accuracy um, hitting on something that is a weakness of mine in my like gait and my mobility or lack thereof. So like I'm not blaming the shoes. They're just really pointing out a weakness that like I think I could just avoid it for a little while. I think I could run it run them like once a week maybe. And I think I'd be okay. But more than that, you know, it starts to bother me. Uh, yeah, JC's, I think my first pair of running shoes were the ASIC stability shoes. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I, I, like when I was training for my first marathon back in 2010, I got a Mizuno something that was a stability shoe, and that really messed my knee up real bad. Uh, Luis Del Pozo says, what do you think about my ex or my cross-country coach telling me that Nike shoes are not real running shoes? I think that's fine. Um, 
but I mean, it's unless I mean, unless your coach is like, uh, you know, buying your shoes for you. Um, I mean, it's your it's your dollars and your feet. So I mean, on the other hand, like you don't really want to piss off your coach. So like, uh, unless you're dead set on having the shoe, like you know, listen to your coach. So, but like I I mean I think he's wrong, um, and I also think that a lot of cross country coaches aren't cross country coaches first. At least in the high school level, I don't know, Luis, if you're in high school or college. If you're in college, that's probably less likely the case. Um, but if they are a cross-country coach first, they might be coming from a legacy of something of, of a different experience, and that's where that you know um, that sentiment may be coming from. So I mean, eh, you know, everyone has their preferences, and that's cool. It just stinks when you have those preferences and you're in a position of authority. Um, yeah, Martha says, I think we all have our certain brands that fit our individual mechanics better or worse, not to even mention our feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, they're just not agreeing with me. And it's, I, I think I think they're a great shoe. Um, I, I mean, I really I want to keep running in them. That's the thing. They're so good that I keep going back to them, even though I know that they're going to end up hurting me a little bit. Um, but they're just not working out for me. Clay Cuban says, that's what my wife says about Nike. Is your wife a cross-country coach? <laughs> uh, maybe it's Luis's cross-country coach. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that. I used to hear that a lot. Like, when, when like, uh, the Vaporfly first came out, and when I was making a lot of videos about, like, the Pegasus 33, um, <laughs> the funniest were, like, I would make my, like, uh, Pegasus 33. I, my, I started out making YouTube videos of long, long-term reviews, so, like, like, after 270 miles was like my favorite kind of video to make. And I would make them about like the Pegasus 33 and the people would be like, that's not a really running shoe, you can't run in it. And I'm like, dude, you're watching a video where I just told you I ran 270 miles in this shoe. And this is the third one of these that I bought this year. So like, I don't know where you're coming from, but I ran in the shoe. People would say the same thing about like, uh, like Adidas Ultra Boost, you can't run in that. And I'm like, in this video that we're watching, I ran a half marathon in it faster than you run a mar half marathon. So like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you know, so. Yeah. CB 76 says, should we be concerned that the shoes you buy online is fake? I think that that's a question I get all the time in Instagram, uh, direct messages. It's happening less often lately. Um, I think it's because I haven't been making videos about like the alpha fly. I think if I were, I'd probably be getting them all the time, but I would get them all the time about like next percents and vapor fly. And people will send me a picture and it would be like, this dude sent me a picture of these shoes. He's trying to sell me for like 80 bucks. Are these real? And I'd be like, I have no idea. I don't know. I can't tell. Um, not from a picture. Maybe if I held it, I could tell, but I'm really not that sure. Um, but I think that I wouldn't be concerned about getting a fake pair of running shoes unless on Amazon, I'd be concerned. Um, if you're getting a really, really great deal, I'd be a little bit concerned. On eBay, uh, I'd be somewhat concerned depending on how good a deal you're getting uh, or how rare the shoe is to get. Um, I bought shoes on StockX before. I'm comfortable with what they do at StockX there. Um, and uh, yeah, the other place that I might be concerned is if it's like, it's this retailer that like, uh, you know, like 
if the retailer is something like cheap um, cheaphomegoods.com and all of a sudden they've got like four pairs of shoes and one of them is the shoe that you're looking for in your size like, um, I'm not sure that they might be selling me what they think is a real shoe but maybe what they bought is not a real shoe so that's where I get really concerned and that's why I don't do a lot of videos people ask me all the time like how come you don't do videos about cheap shoes and I'm like the cheapest prices come from websites that I've never heard of so like I'm not comfortable in like sharing those so like that's the that's the um, that's my concern with that so for the most part I would say Studio 76 no I don't think you have to worry about it but like if you're like if the deal's too good to be true, then it's probably too good to be true. You know? uh, Luis Del Pozo says, what's your opinion on specialty running shoe stores that prescribe a shoe to buy? I think it's great because a lot of times when you're going to a shoe store, you might not know what you want. And so like they'll tell you, here's what you're, you should be looking for. Like, I mean, that's really what I, the experience that I wanted from like a bike retailer, because I don't really know what kind of bike I want, what size, whatever. I could, I'd like to tell them, here's what I want to do on the bike tell me what i should get and let me try on a couple bikes and you tell me how to fit it you know uh bike stop bike shops don't have bikes to sell me anymore so like that was that was my problem but i think that's fine um but i think like sometimes like i don't know if it's like pressure to make the sale or or what but like these days i haven't it hasn't been a problem but i think years ago i i encountered it regularly where there's there was like a lot of pressure to buy a shoe that it wasn't interested in getting you know so I don't know. And it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like, uh, you know what, I know you really like this shoe and you're drawn to that one, but here's why it's not really, based on what you told me, like going to fit for what you were looking for. It was more like, yeah, you know, like you're really buying that shoe for the, you know, it was just like very condescending. It's like, it's really because you just like the color. And maybe I was. But like explained it to me why that shouldn't be the reason why I buy it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Luis Deposa says, the beauty of high schools in America, mine is a 2,700 people high school and we have the same problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> says, what about cheap shoes? Answer, SL20. It is, it's a great cheap shoe. You can get it anywhere. We already did the sound of the day. I messed it up already, but we did it already. But um, uh, yeah, so like, that's uh, a good cheap shoe if you can get it. But beware if it's like a super cheap, super, super cheap price, you know. Who knows? All right, let's do one more, and then I got to get going for the day. Chris says, I have a lot of shoes. Almost all are neutral. If I go to a specialty st shoe store and they tell me, you need stability, do you bite the bullet and change or don't fix what ain't broken? Um, yeah, I would say, like, if you've been running successfully in a lot of uh, neutral shoes, and you go to a shoe store. I mean, why did you, why did why are they telling you that you're you need a stability shoe? Like, did you hop on a treadmill and like have them look at you? And they're telling you you need a stability shoe. Shoe. I would say like, but you know what? I have been running in neutral shoes for a long time. It doesn't seem to bother me. Um, I think I'm gonna. I would I would stick with what works. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So like, that's well, that's what you said. Don't don't fix what ain't broken. I would go with that. Um, and just be like, yeah, I know I run funny, but it seems to work for me. I've run in neutral shoes and they're great. If, th if though, 
the reason why you hopped on the treadmill and had them look at you run is because you know you're like well at higher mileage weeks something something something's going wrong then you know maybe it's time to look at uh, a stability shoe or something else in your form that that might be doing that so that's another way to look at it all right so i think i'm gonna leave it there for today everybody um i had a lot of fun and I felt like we actually talked about running today, which isn't always necessarily a goal. Actually, it's very rarely a goal for, my, for me. But, you know, it is kind of like a running-themed podcast. So I'm glad that we got some running talk in today. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long weekend for a lot of you guys. So hopefully you guys have some fun adventures planned. I am hoping to get in a longer adventure knee. You know, as long as that holds up, I'll need a longer trail adventure um, involving some water crossings. So I'm hoping that that'll happen tomorrow and hopefully you guys have some fun adventures as well planned and let's talk about it like tomorrow or whenever after the day after you guys do it. So remind me, let's, let's talk about each other's adventures in running over the long weekend. So let's do that. I'll have, uh, you know, I think I'm not going to have a video tomorrow. Maybe we'll do, I think we'll do on Sunday, uh, but we'll do a live stream tomorrow, Saturday, uh, same time, 3 p.m. Central. And I hope I see you guys then. In the meantime, hope you guys are being safe out there. Thanks, everybody.